Rundle who will bring it away. Not out of danger yet, though. Cries it for holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Hunts back oh, don't you me! Oh, oh, I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just... It's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. The ball that's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spice! It's Spice! He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. And the big boy kicked the big goal. Welcome to the Eastland Weekend Forecast, covering another big weekend of the Senior Men Competition. Robbie Ross celebrates his 200th game for the Eagles, with Vermont needing response after last week's performance against East Ringwood. A season-defining game for the Rams as they head to HE Park Reserve to play the informed Jets. And can Warrandyte finally break through for their first win of the season? We'll be covering that and a lot, lot more. I'm Ryan Long, media manager for the Eastland Football Netball League. Joined this morning by Josh Ward and Jared Beanland. No Matt Spider Lee today. He's uh, still coming back from uh, a little holiday away. But uh, coming into May already, it's, uh, the first month, boys, has, has flown by, Josh. And um, uh, it's a big month for a lot of clubs who are yet to find their feet. It is. And, yeah, it has flown by this first month. And we're starting to get into the thick of things. And, you know, this week could potentially see some ladder-defining clashes in in some divisions. So very much looking forward to discussing that, Ryan. And Jared, welcome back again for the second week in a row. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I'm very looking, for, uh, uh, very much looking forward to getting into this week because it's just getting to that part of the season where we're really starting to see form lines come to fruition. You know, we're getting more of an idea as to where teams will sit and, uh, you know, what the finals prospects uh, of some teams are. Some teams that uh, we thought might, uh, might make finals this year starting to slide down the rankings a little bit so it's time for them to start hitting their straps and uh, you know other teams that uh, we are surprised to see up and about you know maybe they're going to get found out yeah or can they hold their their form or the, can their they hold their form, form. Uh, yeah. there's a few sides that we'll be talking about that fall into that category today um, there's also a big round this weekend it's it's love the game round uh, so love the game not the odds the Victorian Responsible Gambling Foundation um, the, this round, it's a, it's a campaign dedicated to raising awareness around the risks of sports betting, especially for the younger generation. And mm. we'll talk about juniors and, and the lower level uh, ages who probably uh, hear and see a lot about sports betting on, on advertisements through sport and, and everything at the moment. So um, a big round for that. We'll be uh, advertising that uh, tomorrow out at Walker Reserve for the Wontona South uh, Montrose game. Have you had much of a... You're not much nah, of a better, are you, Josh? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really a, a, gambl- a gambler. I, I'd say, uh, Jared. I, I don't know about <laughs> you. I'll throw to you. I'm not much of a gambler. I have many vices, but gambling has not been one of them. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm, I'm not too bad with it. I've, it's it's certainly a, a, a talking point when it comes to the younger people. And mm. I know personally, for me, you know, it's not that long ago, but mm. I didn't really hear much of it when I was younger. It wasn't yeah. until I probably hit the. 17, 18 mark and started, yeah, getting on it. But, yeah, um, the ads yeah, are everywhere, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah certainly it, has But it's a, great, it's a great initiative, though, this this round. I love the game, not the odds round. And, you know, it's good to get that awareness out there as well. As well. One of many great rounds across the across the EFNL calendar this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's jump into it. We've got Premier Division first. There's a, a couple of big games this weekend. One of those out at Pat Wright Senior Oval when the Bulls host the Lions. Uh, seven changes here for the Lions um, after a very inaccurate performance last week against Blackburn. Some of those outs, Dooman's out, um, DeLuca, Ollie, Papadopoulos. So some big names there coming out of the side, while for no- Noble Park, only Stern, 
uh, out at the moment with Rawdon, Thompson and Jones listed as their ins with a, a few uh, emergencies to be decided from that list. But, it, Josh, it's, it's a massive game. It's a, it's a big test for Doncaster East. It was a bit of a slip-up with NC coming last week, and they take on Noble Park, who continue to be the benchmark of the competition. They just go over the line last week, did enough, but uh, they're still probably the, the number one seed if we're looking at the... Uh, entire division yeah definitely well they sit second on the table but they're still the number one seed you know they've had a, a really tough opening couple of weeks obviously getting over the top of Roval comfortable against Berwick and, and just sneaking over the top of, of South Croydon as well so this is another big test for them as well I, I still think Doncaster East they're, they're definitely a premiership threat even though they've you know, they've lost players like, you know, Dooman, DeLuca, Dylan Ollie as well. They're a couple of, of big losses. But, you know, there's still the talent there. Simon White, Simon White is still down there in defence. And you've got Nick Hay, who's done some good stuff down there to start the season. Tom Bell, Cameron Giles coming into the lineup. It's a good core list of players along with, yeah, Lachlan, Luke Tynan and Lachlan Waddle as well. But, yeah, Noble Park, there's just... Stars everywhere. Mitch Riordan, I think it might be his first game in a while, a while now, or first game ever for, for Noble Park, of course. I think he was on Gold Coast AFL list for a little bit of time, and he's been spending the last couple of years with Sandringham, so that's a big in. And being able to keep Blake O'Leary as well in the lineup, you know, we've seen the impact that he can have at the local level. He and kicked a, four against uh, South Croydon last week, so yeah, back in the side and already making an impact. Yeah, massive impact. So, um, yeah, him, it, you lose Stern, yes, that's a a bit of a blow, but obviously he's got v- he's now got VFL duties with with Frankston. But yeah, it's it's still a remarkably strong lineup, and it's going to be a challenge. But there is they will be bo- boosted by the fact Doncaster East they comfortably defeated Noble Park at Pat Wright Senior Oval last year. I'm not too sure on the margin, but I do remember Doncaster East getting up there. So they know how to play that. Gr- they know how to play that ground out there, Pat Wright. Yeah, but Jared, it is a, it's a bad time to lose a, a few of your key players, especially someone like a DeLuca, um, because you, you're up against Noble Park, who we, we've talked obviously about No Martin and uh, McDonald, but other than that, they're pretty much at full strength. And guys like uh, Horton Milne have probably flown under the radar a bit, but he's had a, a fantastic start to the season. Uh, Bull's been great, and then obviously Sketcher can turn it on when he needs to. It, it's a tough ask for him to, to travel there this weekend and, and get the job done after. Um, losing those those outs, mm-hmm. I'd have to agree with you. Uh, it's it's interesting with Doncaster East because whenever you l- cast your eye down the list, it's always been star studded. It was uh, the same case last year, uh, and I just think that uh, you know maybe there's a bit of synergy m- l- missing from where Doncaster East are at the moment, and that might come down to sort of like you know some players playing VFL, you know mm-hmm. coming in and out of the side. Uh, they uh, might still be adjusting to the loss of players like Zach Clark and Sam Rowe. You know, it's only a couple of names there, but. When those big players, when those key you know position players leave the team, it, it does take some adjustment. And so I'm expecting Doncaster to start building uh, throughout the season and come back to sort of you know the form that we knew from them last year. Currently, they are, haven't been uh, too impressed by them so far. You know, a close win over Park Orchards, you know, seems you know questionable, and then losing out to Blackburn is perhaps even more questionable. But, uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, they, they can take it up to Noble Park if they find a bit more of that synergy. However, it's, you know, it, I find it I find it difficult to uh, to tip Doncaster East in this matchup. Yeah. It was about 41 points last time they 
did defeat him at this time last year, pretty much round five. Mm. Uh, Dylan Ollie kicked six goals in that game mm. and was best on for the Lions, but obviously he's not in the, the list this week. Yeah. But, yeah, look, if, if they can... The, the big win against Doncaster is almost a bit of a, a write-off. Uh, obviously, mm. it's, it's when they get going, you can see how damaging they can be up forward with, with putting the score on the board. I think that was a 130, 140-point win. Mm. Um, but I think there's a, a few big games for them in the next uh, three to four weeks, and it starts here. They've also got um, East Ringwood in a couple of weeks' time at East Ringwood, and we saw the ruse last week and yeah. how their form's going at the moment. So... We'll know a lot more about where the Lions sit in a month's time because I think at the start of the season, Josh, everyone had them as a, a certain premiership contender. Yep. Early form, seeing glimpses of it, but this is probably the season-defining game for them to show exactly where they're at. Yeah, and that East Ringle game is away, and then following that, Roval and South Croydon, and that South Croydon game's at Cheong Park, so it is a, a big... Well, next couple of weeks, they've got Berwick in between you know, those games, but it's... yeah. It, this 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 game is crucial for them to to gain momentum, having lost that momentum against Blackburn, and you know that it it will be very hard against the opponent Noble Park side. I'm back in the I'm back in the Bulls in. I won't be completely surprised if Doncaster East get up, but I think Noble Park it, it it'll be interesting to see how well they do. It, it, they deal with the potential conditions on Saturday as well. well don't, you don't kick one goal nine or whatever it was <laughs> in the first quarter against Blackburn last week. Yeah, but uh, and it could be a lot worse than it was last week as well. So they could kick potentially even more, even more inaccurate. But I think yeah, it's it's going to be a good contest. But I just think Noble Park get over the top. They're they're riding high at the moment. Well, we're talking about the conditions of uh, of uh, tomorrow. Uh, not going to be particularly great in terms of the weather. So, and we've seen what Noble Park can do on a wet track uh, yeah. in the in the Premier Division Grand Final last year. We can see that they uh, have played a lot of good wet weather footy on that day. And uh, I'm not sure where Doncaster East sit with that. Whether or not they'll be able to handle those uh, conditions against some big bodies of Noble Park. I have the uh, idea that Doncaster East have are quite a fairly big and strong team as well, so they might be able to take it up to them in that area. But uh, you know, Noble Park, I would say, have the form uh, in in tough conditions. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the Bulls as well. Yep. Another big game in Premier Division tomorrow afternoon is Roval taking on South Croydon. Pressure off the Hawks last week after mm. a win against Park Orchards, despite giving up a bit of an early lead to the Sharks. Uh, Lockie Wine's been on song early in his two games for the season. I think he's kicked 11 goals. Yeah. Another five or six last week was really impressive. They bring into the side Clark, Edwards, Young and Stainthorpe, with Green the only person listed out from their list. And then Sheridan, uh, McKeon and Walker, Dale Walker that is, comes back in the side for the uh, dogs, while Jones, Cass and Wood come out. So, interesting matchup. We, we saw the Dogs uh, a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. Looked good in patches when they got on top of the game, especially late. Um, they looked really strong. And then last week, they, again, probably in patches, were pretty impressive against uh, Noble Park. Couldn't quite get the job done, falling four points short. But this is really an entertaining... Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, hard one to tip. Roval's form has been red hot in about about half their quarters or probably three quarters three. of their quarters and then when they've been off they've they've given up goals quickly um, that being in those two last quarters in the first two weeks and then obviously the start last week against Park Orchard so I think at, at full strength um, this is a really even match up and I think I want to lean towards the Hawks uh, but I still don't think yeah, I trust you can't, them completely yeah, yeah. I'm 
I'm still a bit iffy on them. I, I, I'm leaning more towards trusting them, just given what they did last year. You know, they were a young side, sixteen and two, sixteen and two. Obviously, the, the grand final loss. It's it's quite remarkable what they did. So, I'm I still got a bit of trust in them. And you know, last week proved that they can definitely find a way. And I, I think. You know, you know, the the first couple of weeks, as I keep saying, it was a bit of a learning curve. Just you know, because they were up by fair margins at, at three quarter time, and then they conceded those leads. Whereas, you know, it, it, last year they were you know either in the contest or a bit behind in the at three quarter time, and and came from behind and, and get the, got the victory. So they would have learned a bit the first couple of weeks, but yeah, they're almost at full strength you know you bring Tyler Edwards back a VFL list to play with Casey and that's a really good in uh, Carl, Sta- Carl Stainthorpe as well I was really impressed with him on uh, against in, Noble Park against Noble yeah. yeah in round one Josh Clark as well he's a good player but yeah South Corrin will definitely not feel out of this just because they've shown patches and they've shown they can improve this year and it's a great midfield uh, battle Jared obviously with with the Hawks Showmakers has had uh, impressive starts of the year in the ruck uh, Lockie McDonald had about 36 touches on the weekend then you look at uh, South Croydon Braden Kilpatrick another another big game last week yeah. against the Bulls 39 uh, disposals and, and Max King uh, whether he plays in the ruck or not uh, is obviously very um, dominant in, in that role so it's, a, it's an interesting battle there that I think whoever can get on top of that area of the game could be able to control it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Hofert, he's been fantastic yeah, yeah. throughout this year. Uh, and uh, Such a good inclusion for South Croydon, giving them that flexibility, you know, being able to push King forward uh, and, you know, maybe give him a rest if he if he needs it, bring him back in fresh uh, for the rock contest, as you said, against Schoenmakers. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really keen to see how this uh, midfield battle goes down. Uh, I think uh, the likes of... Uh, you know, Brolic and, uh, you know, the likes there, they can put a lot of pressure on uh, on South Croydon. And, you know, the uh, the inside work for Roval is perhaps what will, you know, if they can get on top in the inside, that might be what wins them the game because the South Croydon, um, their ball movement is, we saw them under a lot of pressure yeah. uh, against Blackburn. And, and when... Blackburn were getting numbers to the contest and making sure that uh, there was always pressure on the ball carrier for South Croydon. That's when Blackburn were getting on top. And, uh, you know, I think when that um, petered out a little bit, you know, when Blackburn ran out of steam in that area, that's when South Croydon got on top. And uh, I think, you know, Roville, uh, they might be able to... They might be able to sustain that pressure a little bit better than Blackburn. Josh, where do you see these two sides? I've got them pretty much as I don't think they can. I don't think either will finish top two, but I've got them in that third to sixth yeah. bracket where I think their best is is obviously definitely a finals worthy side. Um, the question is, can they get some momentum going behind them to to go on to to win a flag this year? I I believe Roval can after seeing what they yeah. did last year. South Croydon's probably still a bit of a mystery for me, but. Um, it's a good test for, for both sides this weekend. And, I mean, for Roval's sake, you don't want to be one and three. Yeah. Uh, oh, is that one and three? Is that right? I think it might yeah, be yeah. one. And, yeah, round four for that them. W- so, yeah. That would be dangerous, especially just given, you know, we had pretty high expectations again for them in the off season. Whilst, you know, they didn't pick up too many, they're, they're still young and on the improve. But, yeah, I do see them probably around that third to six bracket. I think... Roval at their best, it, I wouldn't be surprised if they won every remaining game for the rest of the season, just because there's plenty of talent cool. there. And big they, call. Yeah. It is a big call. It is a big call, but there's, you know, they're still young and, and up and coming, and 
you know, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me, but it's not going to be possible with how even this division is. But I think at their best, they get they can lay claim to being one of the better sides in the it, or the best side in the division. Even you know, yes, you got Noble Park and Doncaster East, but they definitely can lay claim. But South Croydon, they've shown the first couple of weeks they can be a really good side, but it's just yeah, it's about it's about you know gaining momentum, which they did. Late last year, when they had all those home games, but it's a different it's a different fixture this year for them, having to, an even spread of home and away games. So, mm-hmm. I've got more question marks if they can sustain that. You know, can can go on a run and potentially challenge. But yeah, they're definitely you know at their best, they're definitely a premiership fancy. But yeah, they're they're not the most reliable. But yeah, it is a big game. I'm back in Roval at home though. I. I th- I just think you can trust them a little bit more and they'll be buoyed having gone the victory last weekend, Jared. Well, I was impressed with the fact that South Croydon, you know, came off that four day break and was still able to really challenge Noble Park, who are the benchmark uh, yeah. in this division. Uh, mm-hmm. I also think that, you know, just given the form line of Roeville so far, they do have lapses, uh, lapses throughout games, you know, a quarter here and there where, uh, you know, that they uh, they just fall off the wagon a little bit. And uh, I think South Croydon can really punish them when that happens. Uh, they're a very quick scoring side, as we saw last year, and they've added a, a layer of grit, I think, that we saw definitely in the finals last year. They've added that layer of grit that, um, you know, is perhaps needed to go with a, a, a harder side like Roeville. I'm actually going to go with South Croydon in this one. I'm going to lean towards Roval. I think it's going to be close either way. And it's yeah. going to be uh, which side can use the momentum when they have it and the other side, can they control that stem and, and uh, certainly not uh, affect it on the scoreboard. And, and both sides have had that um, uh, across the, the first three games so far. So that'll be an interesting contest uh, there tomorrow afternoon out at Seabeck. Um, another big game, uh, Blackburn take on Berwick. Uh, Blackburn with their first win of the season. Mm-hmm. Berwick uh, dropped one against Doncaster after keeping the Sharks at two points for a, a full first half and then just fell away in the second half and uh, dropped the four points there, which is a bit of a crucial loss for them, uh, certainly when we talk about double relegation at the end of the season. Yeah. That's a game that um, they'll be pretty disappointed about, dropping that. Uh, a few changes for both sides. Will, uh, Vela, Williamson, West and Travis Tuck back in for uh, Berwick. While for Blackburn, they've made the five changes. A couple of those ins. Hicks, Patterson, Baker back into the side for the forward line. Oglethorpe and Hart. Bartlett comes out as well for as well as Heaton, Wright and Harry for Blackburn. I think Blackburn at home are uh, too yeah. strong. We saw them against... They're both opening two matches against Baldwin and South Croydon. And when they, looked, when they got going, and, and Jason Reid has been... Uh, Fantastic for the club in their start to the season, and he really is a bit a bit of the heart of the the Blackburn Footy Club. I thought he was fantastic again on the weekend. Um, he you know, racks up so much of the uh, so much of the ball, can sort of come off the half back line a bit. He's run through the middle, yeah. uh, provides them a, a lot of uh, forward fifty entries and, and gets them going. We had questions marks about their forward line, but they do seem to find a way to score anyway without. You know, the, the big, tall targets that some other clubs do have. And it's an impressive win last week against a Doncaster East side who are really t- being touted as, as one of the Premiership favourites. And it puts them back on track because they had a chance to win against South Croydon. They were in front in that last quarter and yeah. probably should have been further up in with the dominance they had in the third term. Just couldn't put it on the scoreboard. And then um, the game against Baldwin, 
their first half was disappointing, but after that, it was an even contest. So they did deserve a win. They didn't want to go 0-3 with, with the way they were playing. And uh, they should be, yeah, 2-2, two and two, I would think, after this yeah. weekend. Yeah, I was thinking if they did go down to, to Doncaster East the week before, it this game could have the potential of being a banana slip. But, you know... That game, that win against Doncaster, the Lions, it would have boosted their confidence a lot, just given, well, many still rate them very highly this year, the Lions, and I, I still do. And, you know, it shows that Morton Park isn't going to be an easy ground to travel to as well. And, you know, 16 goals, 8, 12 individual goal kickers, it's it's quite remarkable having, you know, I reckon only 8 goal kickers in their first two games as well. So it's, you know... A pretty impressive effort from a side that, that really struggled for any offensive co- offensive consistency. And, yeah, I think they'll be buoyed by that. But Berwick, almost a full-strength side, almost. But it's still going to be a challenge for them. And it was very disappointing last week, I think, from a Berwick perspective, mm. uh, Jared. Uh, six goals, 137 to two behinds at halftime. They had that game locked down. Uh, and then they gave up five goals or seven goals in the, the second half and only managed one goal, two. So three scoring <laughs> shots in the second half while... Uh, Doncaster got themselves back in the game. It's it's. There's been a lot of talk from I think from their end this season that there will be a lot of improvement. Last year were uh, quite affected by injuries across the season, so they're back at somewhat full strength. No money. I, I'm, no, not, I'm sure not too what, sure uh, what's happening there. Too, what, yeah. I have. I've got to find out about that if that's a injury concern or, or why he hasn't come back into the side. But they're going to be really up against it against a Blackburn team who I think. Uh, Last year, they proved that the sides below them, the sides they were ma- uh, matching up against equally, they were able to get the job done. So, yep. for me, it's a it's a real tough ask. It's a struggle to know exactly where Barrick uh, are at, and uh, I think at the end of the season, we might see them sort of like you know trying to battle their way out of or battle their way to tr- stay out of the uh, relegation zone, just with what their form line has been so far, uh, and. Coming up against uh, Blackburn here, yeah, I think you've said it well, uh, that it's it's going to be really tricky to see if Barrick can, you know, match it with a Blackburn that has been going really well against, you know, some of these finals-bound teams. Uh, the one thing uh, for me that is a bit of a warning sign for Blackburn is the, uh, you know, the, there was a draw last year between these two teams and then Barrick beat them uh, out at Edwin Flack Reserve. 38-29 to 29 was the scores of that match. So if Berwick are able to keep Blackburn, you know, scoreless, if they're able to match it in the midfield, uh, that, uh, that'll that probably set them in good stead because that's where Blackburn, you know, finds most of their goals from. But that's why Tuck's such an important inclusion yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I just don't see that happening. Blackburn this year... They do look a lot different from you know how they uh, how they handled things last year, at least in terms of like not necessarily the way they played, but at least the the way they're able to execute. Yeah, and I think there's just a bit of a reliability about Blackburn. I think mm. you know yeah. what you're going to get from them. Answorth was fantastic again last week. Bre- Reed's had a, a phenomenal season so far, and then Paddy Lawler steps up when they need him most. Yeah, we same saw with that. Sam Hart as well. Sam yeah. Hart's a, a dangerous uh, forward. Uh, one of one for the highlights reel. Um, for me, I'm tipping Blackburn. I'm tipping Black. I'm tipping Blackburn here as well. They have to go Blackburn. Uh, yeah, and then moving on to another game that's probably important for both these clubs too. It's probably similar boat to Berwick. Norwood take on Park Orchards. Norwood have probably been pretty disappointing after a big win round one. Uh, they lost a ball in last week uh, quite comfortably while uh, for Park Orchards. Had a chance to win that one, similar to the Doncaster East game. We're up early um, 
and then unfortunately for their sake, Roval ran over the top of them, both sides making some changes. Uh, Dobson, Grecian, McNoll and Patterson coming in for Norwood. Um, as, as for Park Orchards, they've made, I think, almost eight changes uh, <laughs> at the moment coming in. Whitnish, Winter, Cullen, uh, McCorfey, Wilson, Riddle, Kelly and Jeff. So some good ins there for both sides. Uh, I actually have no idea who's going to do this. Both sides are probably... Uh, They're a um, bit unknown, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. there's still a, a lot to learn from, from both teams. Park Orchards, uh, besides probably the second half against East Ring, would have played some pretty good footy yeah. this season. But they're sitting 0-3 and the only side to be in 0-3. So it, it, it's, a, it's uh, a little bit of pressure on them to get, get one on the board because it won't get much easier with the, the sides that they'll have to play soon. I know um, they've got Blackburn next week, which is uh, no easy ask. And... Uh, Vermont at Vermont, which is winnable, but again, it's always you wouldn't a tough bank ask. it in. So, look, they've got they've got to get um, yep. a win on the board soon. It's a big chance for them. Yeah, it's a big chance. It is definitely a big chance as well. And you know, I think they've shown plenty of promise, just haven't been able to sustain that effort. Like it was a good start last week against Rover with the six goals and just the one conceded in the first quarter. But again, like like any young side really they just sort of fell off the the wagon and then you know yeah East Ringwood they were a bit disappointing Doncaster East they showed glimpses they were up at three quarter time I think it but you know gave away that that lead but yeah this is a, a really strong side as well bringing back Liam Jeffs is a, a really good inclusion Noel Riddle as well I think played some senior footy last year with Vermont uh, it's a really strong side, and then Norwood. You know, Greechen has had a good start to the season. There's, there's Back plenty of side to, yeah. So, and then, you know, there's others that have done well. Liam O'Day has had a good life in to to start in in Premier Division, and you know, Dylan Atkins, Jaron Jaffa Williams. It's it's a yeah, really Jaffa Williams has been a big positive for him yeah, this year coming to the club. Definitely has, but um, yeah, it's it's an interesting game. It'll give us a good indicator of where both sides are at this year, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, you're right. It certainly will. And Jared, the thing that worries me about Norwood is obviously there's a, there's a bit of um, un, you know, no, there's no consistency with no. the form lines no. of yep. many sides so far. But we watched them demolish uh, Doncaster round one, but then they got absolutely pumped by a Vermont side, who then we saw last week <laughs> yeah. get destroyed <laughs> there by yeah. um, East Ringwood. So you uh, wonder was was Vermont just off? Uh, yes, uh, last weekend and were Norwood off the week before or are they annoyed in a bit of trouble it's hard to know yeah, I mean is. they uh, it was a pretty I think it was a 49 point loss of ball in last week mm-hmm. um, which is no shame in that no really. shame in it. not for when ball went at home at. a very hard side to beat and when you got Charlie Haley still on the side kicking six it's, yeah. it's a hard side to stop but yeah for sure um Again, yeah, a few question marks on there. And so back at home, it was obviously a very disappointing uh, home game a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Uh, you just want a, a better performance from their sake. Yeah, which games were the aberrations? You know, like well, that's, which, that's what that, we don't that's know. Yet. Yeah, it's exactly. such a, it's uh, yeah, no, it, it's such a question mark around, uh, especially Norwood. I think I think Park Orchards have shown a little bit more consistency. The the game against East Ringwood, maybe not so much, but uh, you know they've they've been able to take it up to you know Premiership contenders in Doncaster East and Roval, and I, I like I, I like seeing that from from Park Orchards, especially a team that you know looks to be potentially in the relegation battle however if they're able to cash in on some of that form that they showed against the top teams that you know by rights they shouldn't be beating anyway at least you know from from a tipster's point of view so if they're able to cash in on some of that form then they should be able to beat Norwood who have 
had that inconsistency. The only, you know, big win was against Doncaster and you know, again, it's hard to so know exactly you, where Doncaster are. Park I would, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm tipping Park Orchards, and I, I feel quite comfortable about that, despite it being at Mullum Mullum Reserve. Oh, I'm a little uncomfortable, but I'm still back in Park Orchards. You're right, Jared. You can trust the the Sharks more, and I think mm. they should get up here. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm leaning towards the Sharks, but with no confidence uh, <laughs> at all on, on that one. Uh, just quickly, Doncaster also take on East Ringwood. Uh, East Ringwood with quite a few changes. Lawson obviously uh, drops back out with Marotta and um, uh, back to VFL duties with Preston as well. Mitch Farmer and Trent Farmer, I believe, are away for a bit. Dylan Bilo had the concussion last week. Um, they bring back in Waitman as one of their uh, uh, five inclusions at the moment, while Doncaster have made a few changes themselves, Everett and, and Jamo. Some notable, notable outs there. Um, just quickly, I think East Ringwood. It was yeah. Im- very impressive that Doncaster were able to work themselves um, back in the game last week and, and win the four points for, for their sake. But uh, after seeing East Ringwood last week, even with those outs, uh, there's a, there's enough talent in that side. They'll get the job done. Yeah, yeah. I think so, I think so. And they bring in a, a former Cobo captain as well in Ryan Exon, who I think is playing his first game for East, Ring- East Ringwood. So... Just that, you know, they lose players to VFL, but they strengthen with, with his inclusion as, yep. well, as, as well with um, Josh Waitman coming back into the side and, and Jackson Weatherall too. So, yeah, they should comfortably get the win here. And then the final game for Premier Division, Vermont take on Baldwin. It's a big day for Vermont. Robbie mm. Ross's 200th. I know they're having a, a bit of a post-game function and a, a big day for the club. But it's a big day for them to respond because last week was um, very disappointing. You you don't see a Vermont side losing by 91 points too many times, especially on a, a match-of-the-round game. Yep. They were just flat. They were really disappointing after quarter time. And that would have been addressed, I'm sure, internally. They're, they're a very proud club and they, they won't take that as a um, as a, an excuse or anything of, of their outs. But, look, they've got to respond this week. It's a tough ass when they take on a Baldwin side who is in... Great form. Uh, Charlie Haley is out of that side, though, um, alongside Van Drill and Cunningham. But these two sides, even no matter what ladder position they are, yeah. they play some really close uh, games. I, I know even last year when Vermont weren't in great form, it was a probably a one or two goal margin, I think 10 points or something along the lines of that. Yeah. So expect a response from Vermont. Um, but if, if they don't get fired up for, for a club legend on, on a milestone day, which is... it's definitely a big game with the way they've um, promoted this it, they've got to have a response they have to have a response and congratulations as well to, to Robbie Ross I think the 10th Vermont player to, to pass 200 games as well so and it's a and it's a club with a proud history so yeah it's a, a great achie- achievement especially after what he went through last year as well with his with his with an inch well a season ending leg injury I think it was in the end but um, yeah that, they'll want to get up and about for, and, and you know they have the potential to cause an upset, but against the ball inside, even without Charlie Haley and you know Louis Cunningham and and Van Driel, that you know they're bringing in Vince Zagari, who's played at VFL level in recent weeks, and I think they should get up here. Yeah, I don't see uh, I don't see Baldwin losing this one. Uh, you know their form's been too good, the quality's too good. Vermont, it's it's tricky to see them uh, coming out of this one. You know without uh, without a loss, that's gonna. That, you know, Probably Sting again, uh, honestly. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I struggle to see Vermont really competing in this one, unfortunately. Despite the rivalry, it just it's going to look a little different this year, I feel. And, and Baldwin have obviously haven't put a foot wrong. They're sitting on no. top of the ladder yeah. right now with the uh, three wins. So very tough ask, but 
I expect a response. I think I think it'll be a lot closer than what people think. Mm. Can they get over the line? <laughs> I'll 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 give him a chance, but I'm still you still got to tip ball. Yeah, I think yeah, for that. Hearts go past them. Uh, moving on to Division One tomorrow afternoon, Croydon take on North Ringwood in a uh, a big game for both sides. Both sides are one and three, I think, at the moment. Uh, North Ringwood pushed Mitchum for four quarters. It was an undermanned Mitchum side, but Paddy Rose stood up, kicked seven goals, was impressive for Croydon. Their issues have been obviously at their forward fifty. Um, trying to capitalise on their scoring shots. Haven't quite been able to do that. They were better last week, kicked the 12 goals, but still yeah. fell 10 points short. So important because whoever loses this is starts to, starts to find themselves in a, a difficult spot down the bottom of the ladder. Whoever loses, I think, will be ninth at the end of the, yeah, the round. Yeah, I think so. so. Um, for me, I'm tipping North Ringwood uh, just on a little bit of form. I think they're... Slightly better side. Yeah, I I, I trust North I trust North Ringwood more. You know they they pushed Moorbark. They they pushed Mitchum out at home, and as you said, slightly undermanned the the Tigers. Comfortable victors over Lilydale, and obviously round one. I feel like that's a, a bit of an aberration against South Belgrave, or maybe not, just given how dominant South Belgrave has been. But it's a free pass. Yeah, <laughs> I think but some of the. I mean, you can look at um, someone like a. a a Locos had a fantastic start to the season. Um, mm. The difference with, with having Paddy Rose up there, compare that to Croydon's forward line, I think you can get more out of someone like a Rose. Uh, yeah, I'm just leaning towards North Ring. Yeah, and Robbie Nahas, I think, can go up forward and kick goals as well. So that's why I'm back in the Saints. Loves a goal. Victory. Mm-hmm. It's tr- it's tricky, I think, uh, for North Ringwood because uh, Paddy Rose, you know, there's maybe a little bit of over reliance on him. He's kicked 14 goals. Next most on the list is three, which is quite the disparity. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a problem they had last year. It was it was Nas who kicked, I think, 16 for the season. Yeah, and then there and was really all, no one else. It was daylight after that. Uh, yeah, they all came in the last month or bit. I think he got the swung himself up forward in that last month and kicked all those goals. So, But I think that is potentially a problem for another day, not specifically this game against Croydon, uh, yeah. just because of the, the potential quality difference uh, between both teams. I don't think Croydon's too far behind North Ringwood, especially on the evidence of that game against one Turner South. They're starting to uh, find those goal kickers. It was important, I think, to show uh, for them that Dodd and Britton, uh, they could kick goals. You know, they both kicked three last week and their scoring options aren't just centred around Costantino. Uh, however, it's, it's tricky to see them putting that sort of scoring effort consistently, you know, week after week when it's already been an issue for them for the first few rounds. And, you know, it, it will get a bit more of an idea of what Turner South's defence uh, tomorrow when we go out to see them. Uh, but, you know, there's potential questions there. I, I guess if they're able to let Croydon kick a, a score of 80-plus points, but, uh, you know, th- that might just have been that one game. And, uh, you know, I don't think Croydon are necessarily out of the woods yet when it comes to scoring. Yeah, and, and Lynch is the other one who I, I didn't mention there for Croydon, who's had a fantastic start mm, this season. Yeah. He was listed as their best player last week. Uh, but a few, if, there will certainly be a few questions asked for the side that doesn't get up tomorrow afternoon in that game. Uh, just quickly on Lilydale, take on Mitchum out at the LSO. For me, uh, the Tigers should be too strong. Unfortunately, yeah. Lilydale just haven't been able to get a full four-quarter performance yet. They've been in games yeah. in some patches, but just hasn't haven't been able to get the job done. Mitchum missing uh, quite a few at the moment, but uh, for me, still the Tigers. Yeah, Bailey Cowman comes back into yeah. the lineup though, so that helps a, a lot. They should comfortably get the win.
yeah, I'd have to agree with uh, with Josh and yourself there, Ryan. Uh, one game that we don't uh, t- we won't touch on too much is Wonturner South versus Montrose. Uh, all three of us will be there tomorrow <laughs> afternoon, so that game. Uh, 1.15 p.m. live on Radio Eastern 98.1 streaming on, on Facebook and YouTube so you can catch all the action there. So because we're all there, we don't have to, to worry about tips or Delightful. anything. Delightful. At, <laughs> at least we don't have Blake Tennant to deal with before <laughs> before the game. I'm also uh, around the grounds, Moorbark versus Beaconsfield tomorrow afternoon. Moorbark uh, lost last weekend by a single point with a, a kick after the siren um, from Bayswater. Two weeks in a row now that's happened for them. Yeah, well, they, they were on the, po- the right side of it the week before um, against North Ringwood and obviously uh, didn't quite work out the same way against Bayswater. They'll be looking to respond. But Beaconsfield, I think... We're starting to see um, a really consistent and uh, mature Beaconsfield side who uh, were very impressive against um, South Belgrave from more reports and, and pushed them for four quarters. Couldn't quite get over the line, but it, it shows that I think they are a certain final side this season. I don't want to say that too early because there are a <laughs> lot of sides in this division that can play finals, but I think their best uh, is, is certainly uh, strong enough uh, to play finals. Johnson, uh, Stewart... McPherson and Miso come back into that side. Um, Azra Mulbach, Colliver, George, Gilby and Egan uh, into the Mustangs team. But, the, the, I mean, it, it comes down to, again, I think the midfield. It's a really strong mm. midfield yeah. for um, Mulbach, which we talk about each week. But if, if Beacon Seal can match him in that area, I think they'll have yeah, no problems. I think they have the potential to do so as well and take advantage of their opportunities, which they've shown have Beaconsfield in their first couple of weeks. I think, yeah, they're definitely a, a, a final side again. We hate to go the early crow because sometimes <laughs> that comes back to bite us. But, yeah, 14-8 last, w- last week and, you know, 16-11 against Croydon, 10-7 against Bayswater the last three weeks. They're, they're pretty accurate in front of goal and Moorbuck, yeah. They're and Johnson kicked back inside, kicked seven goals last yeah, week. Yeah, but unfortunately he's out. I think VFL duties as well. So a bit of a a bit of a loss, but they found other avenues to goal. You know, you've got Jafar Oka, you've got Jafar Oka in there who's kicked he's kicked the eleven go- he's kicked the eleven go- goals in all four games so far. Hayden Bro with with the the eight go- goals, Jake Bowd. So they've got goal kickers, but yeah, it's gonna come down to that midfield. I feel like though they can match it up the Beaconsfield midfield with Moorbark's midfield, which is why I'm backing them to get the victory, although Moorbark will want to bounce back. Yeah, uh, I honestly think that Beaconsfield probably won't even need to break even in the midfield to beat Moorbark. Uh, you know, while, you know, we, we've spoken a lot about the losses up forward for Moorbark, Braden Dobie has uh, acquitted himself well uh, so far. Thatcher and Simon, six goals in four games each. Uh you know, perhaps not quite enough from, you know, the the players up forward there that are replacing your Jordans and your mullets. Um, Braden Doby, obviously, the one that's put the, his best foot forward. But uh, I still think that, uh, you know, even if Moral Buck are able to get the clearances, which is, uh, you know, that they'll be able to do it, you know, especially at certain points in the game with players like Gilby, Mackey, Noonan. Um, I think that Beaconsfield will probably be able to rebound off that and, uh, you know, use their run, use their ball movement that they showed so well against South Belgrave, apparently. Uh, and, you know, I'd rate South Belgrave quite a fair high, a fair way higher than Moral Bucks. So, you know, I, I think Beaconsfield, they don't necessarily need to win it in all areas of the ground if they are to beat Moral Bark. Yeah, I think it's a good point because... Guys like White and McKinder have had um, st- a good start to the season there for the Eagles. Uh, down back, uh, for me, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tipping the Eagles. I, I think Mulebarker, 
almost there. I think they've got a bit to improve. I yeah. think they're sort of that middle of the road sort of side at the moment. Um, so you've got to really you've got to play four quarters against them to beat them. But I think the Eagles are capable of that. And then the final game in Division One, South Belgrave take on Bayswater. South Belgrave uh, undefeated side, the only undefeated side in Division One. A couple of uh, big outs though. Uh, they they will lose Peters, Cox, Garner, Newcomb, and De- Degas. Uh, some some big names there that come out of the side. Yeah. Uh, Chapman's Richard West, Brown, Costa, and Ryan come back in. So that you still do get. Yeah. The, I mean, the likes of a of a Brown and Costa and, and Ryan are certainly uh, big ins. Mm. Um, for Bayswater there, they've made the two changes. Uh, Schroeder and Horde out. Mantle and Schmidt come into the uh, list there. It was a big win last week, and I think we 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 did. Pr- not predict it, but well, we did give them a, <laughs> a, a chance. A, yeah, a real big chance at home. But um, but they travel obviously to South Belgrave, which uh, is a ground that every side in this division so far has struggled <laughs> at. And uh, I think they'll just be too strong, even with those outs. They, they've got guys that just come in and fill the role. Yeah, and Schroeder and and Hawk leaving the baseball side there. I feel like they're big losses as well. But yeah, the South Belgrave they're able to replace players with these, which is just. Been, it, which is just what they've been able to do the past couple, well, the past two seasons really been able to to fill the voids that some players leave. And Sam Brown come back into the lineup, you know, he's a proven goal kick, proven goal kicker. Costa just strengthens an already strong defence as well, and it, it's hard to go past South Belgrave. It, it's going to be a real surprise if Bayswater do get up here. I have to agree with you. I don't see Bayswater necessarily rolling over in this one, and you know, uh, getting thumped. I, I think there's still, you know, there's still a team with a lot of quality and. Uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, you know ability to stick in games and you know remain resilient throughout the four quarters. Uh, it seems to be what their sort of their brand has been this year. But uh, you know, South Belgrave just have that quality. They're, they're, I think they'll be able to overwhelm Bayswater with their scoring options. You know, with their midfield, it, it's just a star-studded team. Uh, it's uh, it, it's tricky to see uh, South Belgrave losing this one. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And, and Bayswater. A much better side than probably what we thought at the start of the yep. season. Yeah. I think everyone, almost everyone, tipped them to be in that bottom two in mm. in terms of relegation. But seeing two and two, and they've they've won a couple. Their couple of games have been, um, uh, their couple of losses have been pretty, pretty somewhat close. The the Montrose gone nine points at home is is a, a sort a of a performance to show mm. that they are on the right. Uh, the, the right path forward, I think, uh, obviously, it, it's a bit of an ask to go over to, to South Belgrave and knock them off there, so I will stick with the Saints. Mm. So that's Premier and Division 1 uh, all done. After a short break, we'll jump into Divisions 2, 3 and 4. Hi, I'm Ben Dersen from Montrose Football Netball Club, and when I need a new kit for a night out, I head over to Eastland. But Eastland is more than a shopping centre. They support a range of community organisations and have been major partners of the Eastern Football Netball League since 2018. Thanks, Eastland. to the Eastland Weekend Forecast. That was Matt Fodia's voice, who will be joining us tomorrow afternoon. Fantastic to have him back in the caller seat uh, at, at Walker Reserve and for Gav one tennis. And, and Gav Casey, Casey. too. Oh. So the big guns coming in. We have yeah. brought in the big guns this week for a big clash, uh, Division 1. Match of the round, one turn of south and Montrose clashing uh, head-to-head. 
a big game for, for both clubs early on in the season. Mm. They're both in pretty good form. Uh, you can catch all that action from 1.15pm on Radio Eastern 98.1 FM and also streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, but for now, we'll, we'll jump into Division 2. A couple of games to quickly go over. Brony take on Knox, uh, top of the ladder versus bottom of the ladder. Uh, Begley and Burgess back in for the Hawks. I'm sure Knox are happy with that. Um, <laughs> Jess Bolton and Phillips, uh, a couple of experienced players there, come out. Uh, Knox have made a few changes as well, made the four changes. Woodward, uh, O'Brien, uh, Goyne and, and Carapadiz coming back into that uh, lineup. I think everyone's tipping yeah. Baronia here, safe but to say, th- out at Tormore, full-strength side. Yeah, pretty much their full-strength side. They'll want to hit form. And then the other game, uh, Upper Ferntree Gully take on Waverley Blues. So a lot of changes there for uh, <laughs> Upper Ferntree Gully. Yeah, so they've they've made the uh, five, five changes. changes. So Bullock, McKernan, Bardsley, uh, Gurney and Crawford come in, while the Waverley Blues have made a couple of changes. Perry back into this, the side is... Uh, fantastic, Matt Perry. That is uh, fantastic for all Waverley Blues supporters. With uh, Fresher, while Facey and Omar Muhammad come out of that lineup again, I think it's it's pretty safe yeah. to to uh, tip Waverley there. You lose one key, key forward and bring in a, 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 an even more important forward, I reckon, in Mitch Perry. So it's um yeah, should be a comfortable win. Yeah, I think so. And yep. uh, I think the big game here though in Division Two is Heathmont and East Burwood. Heathmont have been the riser this season. They've only lost the one game, is that right, off the top of my head? They've had a yep. fantastic start to the season. Colombo back in and alongside Abajramov too. So a couple of big ins. Uh, Stevens though, out, who kicked six goals last week in their win against Knox. Uh, as for East Burwood, they've been forced to make a few changes. Uh, again, they haven't been able to have a consistent side yet this season. Uh, Mulqueen, Hammond, Neat, Pearson and Di Giovanni coming in while Wanganeen, Barlow, Bellis, Logan and Mariani out. A couple of big outs there. I believe it's uh, Mariani's wedding this weekend. So uh, I'm sure sure the, the coach there is happy that uh, he's, he's uh, organised it now um, at this time of the year when they really need a win. It's been an interesting season for them. They're one and three at the moment. Uh, disappointing uh, in a couple of those games. The Basin one was a, a bit of a shock result. And then last week, they pushed Baronia for, for four quarters but couldn't quite get the job done. And unfortunately, now it sets up a, a must-win game for them. It's a yeah. season-defining game because a 1-4 and four start, compare that to last year where they were 5-0, and oh, and obviously you saw what that led to. It led to a, a preliminary final appearance. To be 1-4, and four, it really puts them behind. And with uh, a lot of injuries and... yeah. No consistency in the lineup. It's it's a tough ask if they if they do lose this weekend. It, yeah, that's the thing. It's it you know they've had injuries and it, it, to start the season and, and losses as well. But um, yeah, I would have thought that they'd be able to call upon their depth just given how strong the Eastbourne Reserve side was last year. But clearly the the reserves players they they're struggling to adjust to to the senior to the senior level. So. You know, one positive, they're still, obviously Edrickson and Maxwell still in the line. I bet, yeah, you lose Barlow, you lose Logan, who's had a terrific start to the season. Matt Mariani, we all know what he can do at his best. <laughs> Some massive losses. Wanganeen as well Wanganeen as well is a big loss. But, you know, Louis Neat has, uh, is a pretty solid player that comes in. But, yeah, it's not a full strength. Whereas you look at Heathmont, it's it's almost a full strength, bar no Bailey, bar no Bailey Stevens, who... You know, has led the way up forward, 15 goals in, in four games. But they found other avenues to goal. You know, Chris Colombo has kicked the six goals in three games. Mullinger McHugh, who I think, who I rate very highly as, you know, one of the best ruckmen in in Division 2. He's kicked the six goals as well. They found other avenues to goal. And, yeah, it's 
it might be hard for the the East Burwood defence to to contain that, even though there is plenty of talent in that defence. It's it's still not the strongest defence going around. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree that Heathmont, uh, you know, close to their best. I don't see Murphy Ambrose listed on the. Uh, uh, on the team there for Heathmont, that's perhaps one player who uh, who would be you know a walk up start there for Heathmont, who's uh, not listed at the moment. Probably you know injured again. I think he got injured like twice last year, and uh, you know once again here, which is uh, unfortunate for them. But I have to agree that Eastbourne are perhaps going to struggle here going out to H.E. Parker. The one uh, you know uh, positive, as you mentioned, Josh was. Uh, their back line and uh, I do wonder if Heathmont have the ability to uh, to overcome that overcome the quality of East Burwood's back line uh, Bajramov coming back in he's been in and out of the side yeah. uh, so far this year so perhaps uh, wanting to find a bit of consistency and a bit of form might not be able to be at his absolute best uh, just you know right away but you know Mullinger McHugh can rotate forward. Uh, he's done that pretty well so far this year and will be able to uh, provide Heathmont with the options that they need going forward. I, I just think that, uh, you know, Heathmont, they're a fast-running side, but I, I think they'll be able to beat uh, Ace Burwood on, on the inside as well just because of how Ace Burwood have gone uh, throughout this year and especially without Mariani. That's yeah, a huge yeah, it's a out. Yeah, I... I uh, I'm pretty bullish about Heathmont's chances in this game. Uh, I don't really see Eastbourne being able to overcome, you know, the the quality of uh, of Heathmont. And it, it's interesting to see, you know, you, you say they're the risers, the Jets. I just think they had an off season last year yeah. uh, with how many injuries yeah, that they, they had. You're right because obviously when we saw them last year against Baronia, they had I think eight or nine of their best twenty two out, and that's uh, <laughs> never a good sign when no. you've got that many injuries of your key players and. They had form, they had a bit of a, a you know, their, their form in the back half of the season was a bit better and then they started to push, yep. a, a, you know, a late charge for a final spot. But mm. the damage was done early and they were just too far behind the eight ball. And I think I said in the pre-season, I was, at, originally I was like, oh, well, no, they're, they're in a bit of trouble. But then I, I thought about it a bit more with the guys that come back in the side that they're probably a, bit, a better place than where we um, certainly had them predicted in our in our ladders at the start of the season. And... Yeah, I think just on respect with with the way they've been going at the moment, you've got to tip them, especially bat home. And then East Burwood, you mentioned their back line, which is really strong. And, you know, Rixton, Wills, Dove have all missed games. But now back in the lineup, then you lose you lose um, uh, Cody Logan as well. So they just haven't had a consistent team each week, yeah. which is um, maybe a bit of an issue for them at the moment. Mariani really hurts not having him in the midfield. Agnew came back in the side last week, kicked six, but was pretty quiet after halftime. So a lot of those goals came in the, the opening quarter and um, the first half. I just think you've you've got to tip Heath on at home now. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm, you're sort of waiting for things to click for the Rams, but um, just on form, it's it's a Heathmont win. It's hard to it's hard to tip Eastbourne given just how much change they go, they go through week in week out. You know you can trust Heathmont now just because they they've finally been able to get a consistently strong side onto the park, whereas last year they they struggled to do so. And yeah, losing Bailey Stevens obviously a big loss, but again they'll find other avenues to go, and I think they should get the victory here, Jared. Yeah, no, I have to agree. I'm going to be uh, tipping Heathmont in this one. It's, uh, you know, maybe a bit of a, a, a hiccup last week against Knox. It was a closer game than I think we all expected, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, not a bad game to have a hiccup in if they can, you know, just get the four points 
you know, relatively comfortably anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll be back to the form that they showed against your teams like Ringwood and Baronia as well. I think pushing yeah. them to, to a five-point margin is uh, very, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, They've acquitted themselves against uh, the top sides. They're the Jets. Yeah, and just looking at the ladder quickly, they they sit seventh. The Rams uh, one and three at the moment. If that's one and four, and you look at the sides above them, Mulgrave's still above and haven't seen enough from them yet to really consider them as a contender. But you've also got Ringwood who haven't got into gear yet. Um, Temple Stowe have been impressive early. Baronia obviously have been really good. The Waverley Blues have have done really well coming up a division, and then obviously the Jets. Um, have had a fantastic start this season, so you start to to wonder where, you know, yeah, where they're going to catch up from. They're in the wilderness at the moment, East Burwood, and it's going to be hard to see uh, a, a way out for them, which is uh, a little disappointing, given the prelim <laughs> final that they managed to get to last year. The, I, I just think yeah. the, the real tricky thing for them is the fact that I reckon Ringwood will start to click into gear yeah. uh, throughout the season, and that probably is uh, along with Temple Stowe, those are the two teams that East Burwood will be looking to knock out of that top yeah. five. Yeah, and it's a dangerous next month as well, obviously. They got Knox following Heathmont, but then they got te- they do have Templestowe and Ringwood away from... Uh, well, Templestowe at home and Ringwood at Jubilee Park as well. So it's, you know, they need to get momentum starting from starting from here. They can't get it against Knox, but I reckon they'd rather it here. Just not oh, they, yeah, they'd yeah. want it now. They sort of realise, looking at the, the fixture, when they've got Bronia and, and Knox... Uh, Bronia and Heathmont to come after their loss to the base, and they probably needed to pinch one... <laughs> Couldn't almost was almost got over the line against the Hawks. Uh, big chance for him this weekend. I think we're all we're all tipping the yep. Jets here, but yep. um, certainly wouldn't be surprised if they do start to click into gear this weekend. It's got to happen soon for the Rams, and then also the Mulgrave uh, take on Templestowe tomorrow afternoon. Templestowe uh, mature win last week against the Bears. I think it was scores level at, at the last break yeah, before yep. Templestowe piled on the goals in the last quarter. Uh, Fogarty and uh, Giovanni having fantastic seasons so far for them. Uh, Hardwick, McMillan, Batsan has come into the, their team, while Mulgrave have made five changes. Williams, uh, Poker, Gladman, Wiley and Lobb all come into that side. Uh, the uh, two Jervisonis out uh, alongside Adam Booth, uh, Blue and, and Ruskus. So uh, a few few uh, big outs there for the Lions. Um, they host Templestowe this weekend. Again, another disappointing result against Waverley Blues last week. That's twice they've been pretty much thumped by them, yeah. uh, to be honest. I think Templestowe here have been the uh, the more um, consistent side over the first four weeks. So, for me, it's the Dockers. Yeah, and they've, they're almost their full strength too, I reckon. You know, bringing back Sean McMillan, Jai, Jai Hardwick and, and Nick Batson as players with experience at, at the top level as well. They're, they're three massive inclusions and... You know, you look at Mulgrave, maybe Father Time has finally caught up with Adam Booth and the Jervisoni boys, boys is a big loss. But I think, yeah, Templestowe should comf- comfortably get the victory here. Yeah, and I think that their midfield's so strong now. Um, they, it was a strong side last year, but you throw in Michener to the ruck, gives guys like Giovanni or, or Fogarty um, first use of the ball. Uh, Batsanis is, is a big inclusion as well this weekend. I just think they're probably the more consistent side. You look at Mulgrave... Fletcher Roberts has had um, a pretty good strong start to the year yep. up forward, yeah. but even oh, I think he kicked five goals last week and they still lost by 10 goals. So you can't rely on the, the one guy to, to get your score. And I think Tim will still probably have a few more other options. Yeah, I, I think, to be honest, the <clears throat> the weakness that uh, I identified about Templestowe last year was perhaps their depth 
uh, the bottom six uh, players as well. Uh, you know, with injuries, Templestowe will struggle. But th- as you said, they are at full strength at this point. And, uh, you know, I think Mulgrave, uh, a little unlucky because uh, this is one of those teams that they would be looking to knock out of the top five. And uh, coming up against them at full strength, uh, it's, it's tricky to see them uh, to have the... It's tricky to see Mulgrave having the quality to actually combat the uh, you know the, those experienced heads, the, the a lot of talent that Templestowe have, and uh, I'd have to go with the Dockers on this one. And they, and Josh, their reserves are flying as well. They're they're four and zero at the moment <laughs> yeah, too, so which is quite uh, a really good sign for where the club is at the moment. And yep. you will find out a bit more of them in the next few weeks. But I think they're you know in a really good spot here. Yeah, to they're in a great spot to finish top three if they can continue this form. Yeah, they definitely they definitely have the potential to do so, especially if they're able to. To consistently get that, get well, this lineup out onto the park as well, and you know they should comfortably get the victory. But with Mulgrave, you never, you never know. You, you, it's hard to trust them. They can put out a good performance, but they're they're too unreliable. And I think yeah, Templestowe should get up comfortably. And then the final game in Division Two tomorrow afternoon, the Basin host Ringwood at Batterham Reserve. The Bears making quite a few changes here. They've got six ins: uh, Saunders, Emerson, McGregor, Battersby. Macon, Kushnitz and uh, Cherkop comes in um, while for Ringwood they've just made the one change uh, Burden out for Jones who comes back into the lineup. Uh, yeah I, Batterham reserve they're a much better side there. there it's, it's still a really young side that you just can't quite yeah. pin on, on where they'll finish this season but um, as, as for Ringwood that they got back on the winners, league, uh, winners week last, last week against Upper Fentry Gully quite comfortably so they're back on track a little bit expect them to get the job done here but you never you never know, you never know. I always put a, a, a couple of question marks uh, when you when you go take on the Bears at the bat room. yeah I, especially after defeating East Bird who you know yes they have a bad track, track record East Bird at, at Batterham but yeah it's always a tough ask but I think Ringwood will be buoyed by the fact that it's Tim Wack's 150th game and Ash Stagg is playing his 50th game as well so a couple of big milestones for some key players down at um down at Ringwood and you know you lose Burton yes but you bring in Tim Jones as well there it, it's you know it strengthens the back line and well you saw what they did last year at Batheram Ringwood coming from coming from behind and picking up the victory and it's a much different base inside and odd game that one <laughs> it was <laughs> horrible pouring, condi- pouring horrible. down it was uh, it could be the sa- it could be the it could be well, the same yes, you're it right I forgot be. about the rain uh, coming in. well that's actually you know what it, I reckon it's going to be a lot closer than what we think yeah, yeah potentially potentially yeah. I still think the ring would you know the more yeah. experienced heads the the, the Perhaps better coached side as well. Uh, it's hard to. Be, oh you know, yeah, beat Brett yeah. Laura. It's hard to go. Um, I think he's still the master coach. Yeah, absolutely. In the division. Uh, and I think he, he'll be able to. Uh, he'll be able to get the players uh, to play the wet weather footy that is needed. Uh, I think they're against the base, and I think the one weakness that we've identified perhaps about Ringwood is their forward line, their scoring power, mm-hmm. and especially with Mitch Burton coming out. But I, I like uh, you know kicking three goals last week. Brooklyn Jebel Lamb. He, uh, I like him coming in from Nunawading. Uh, yeah, if if he can find uh, his place in the side and, uh, you know, get that perhaps better delivery uh, as well coming from the ring uh, the Ringwood mids as opposed to the Nunawading mids. You yeah. might actually be able to hit the scoreboard a little bit more uh, than, uh, you know, uh, than he has in the first few rounds before that Upper Foundry Gully game. Uh, so I, I'd say I'd say Ringwood uh, should be able to win this one. And, you know, uh, pretty... 
I'll, maybe not comfortably, maybe not given the conditions, just making things a little more unpredictable and, you know, the fact that it's out at Batterham. But, you know, I think I feel pretty safe in tipping Ringwood. Yeah, me too. Me too. And Gabel Lamb, four goals last week. That That's the way to find form and he should be able to continue that this week. Absolutely. Let's jump into Division 3 now. Uh, one side who had a, a big win last week was the Oakley District Football Club coming off, a, I think, an 82-point win against Warrandyte yeah. around that sort of mark. They take on Ferntree Gully, so another big task for them. Uh, Hawkins comes out of the side for Dobson, while Ferntree Gully have been forced to make a few changes and, and a couple of big outs in, in Kennedy and Salvador uh, really hurt. Flannery comes back in the side uh, alongside Luke McComb, so yeah. they do get a couple players in, but Kennedy out um, after having a really strong start to the season. That hurt them last week. I know they were playing... Um, with it, with a couple plays down uh, in that game against Whitehorse. Uh, it, it's an interesting one because Oakley District, as we've seen at, at home, are a really hard side to yeah. beat. But Furniture Gully, I think, have been probably arguably the best side in the division but, so far well, alongside Donvale. They knocked off Donvale. Uh, yeah, the, but, that was at, but that was at home, though, and I think that would have... I mean, they are. I really do rate them as well, but I still... You know, just what we saw in round one, I think Donvale are still the best side in the division, but Ferntree Gully have shown that they're definitely one of the better sides in the division, but you're right. I, I rate, I rate Ferntree Gully just as, just as much as Donvale. I, I really do. I, I think both sides are uh, really a big chance for the flag this season at full strength. Um, Warrandyte were the other one that I think were capable of being in that top two, but obviously we'll get to them in a moment. There's a few question marks for them, but yeah, yeah you're, I think you're... Yeah, Oakley District, though, they, they are a completely different challenge at home, as they've shown the first couple of weeks. You know, they obviously they had those two away losses to Donvale and, and Fair Park, but I think it was three goals, three or four goals in the end against Coldstream, and then that 82-point victory, that just would have boosted morale so much. And conceding, I think, only the three goals in the end, that's a really impressive effort. Yes, Warrandyte were without Ryan Phillips, but it's, it's still a really impressive effort against the Pretty prone more on diet attack and on in great conditions, but yeah, but it's going to be a challenge for the gully. Yeah, and Bosnich has had a phenomenal start to the season, mm. so he leads the goal kicking in Division Three. He was uh, another big performer last week, which is something you know, something they really needed last year. Yeah, they did fifteen goals in I think four. Yeah, he's played all four games, so fifteen goals in four games. He's it's quite a it has been a remarkable start to the season, and you know, losing Salvador just. See, Spencer Gully loses their their main target. I reckon up for it. Flannery adds to it, but Salvador loses. It makes it a bit of a loss, Jared. Yeah, I'd have to uh, agree with that one. It's going to be interesting to see how these uh, forward lines stack up against each other. You know, uh, with uh, uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, Oakley found a couple of uh, a couple of goal kickers there as well against Warren Dyke. Another four goals there to uh, uh, Warren and five to uh, Bonacci. Uh, and I think that's going to be uh, that's going to hold Oakley in good stead to sort of challenge that Fentry Gully li- uh, defensive lineup. Uh, I still think the quality in the midfield, and I, I guess it's hard to say because we don't know all that much still about Oakley District. We haven't been out to see them yet or, or anything like that. But I, I still think the quality of the midfield of Fentry Gully would probably uh, be able to uh, overcome them. But I wouldn't be shocked at Oakley District winning this game. It's, it's yeah, it's, really yeah. I yeah. Look, and I think you're right because McComb back in that side is a mm. huge inclusion. I know they lose Kennedy up forward, um, but I feel like he can still get a fair bit of value out of Flannery. Uh, Ethan Kike has had a, a fantastic start to the season mm. as well. He was listed in their best last week as well. Um, for me, I think Fairtree Gully is still the more reliable side. Yeah. I know last week was a um, 
a bit of a surprise, but injuries yeah. happen and it's a very even division. So when you do lose a couple of players and you're a little bit off, uh, you're going to be found out. So yep. they did get caught out last week, but I still think they're probably arguably the benchmark of the division. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be a real close contest though, but just back in the gully here. Yeah, I'd have to go Fentry Gully in this one. Uh, perhaps too much quality and too, you know, despite that loss last week, too consistent, I yeah, feel. I'll, I'm tipping Fentry Gully too, but if, if Oakley do, you know, if we sit here Sunday with a, an, uh, another Oakley win, you start to really start to yeah. uh, put some respect to that name. But mm. I think Fentry Gully uh, deserve the credit they've they've had so far. They're, they've been in, in really good form. Warrandyte play tomorrow in a must-win game against Fair Park. We've said that the last three weeks, a must-win yeah. game. <laughs> Um, a few changes again for him. So Ryan Phillips does uh, enter the side again with Moss, uh, Brovadani and Wilson, while Carroll, Geimer, Scholar and Wilson come out of the side. Fair Park have also uh, made quite a few changes after their loss of Sylvan Horn. Uh, top, Keenan, Walden will come in. Um, their outs as well. Uh, I think they've got the five outs there. So they've had to, to make a, a yeah. fair few changes. They travel to Warrandyte. Um, and play a blood side that is just desperate for a win now. I, I wasn't worried after their, their first three losses because they were close losses and they were just playing... I mean, that Donvale game, they played one bad quarter and then owned the game for the rest of it. Uh, last week was a concern, though, because they were demolished by Oakley District and never looked like it. I want, I'm going to tip in again, but I'm <laughs> very worried because they're, they're just... Yeah, I, I don't not, know what's going not, on. I, I don't know what's going on. I honestly don't know either. I don't think anyone knows what's going on. I, I mean, I think you said it last week, and I'll keep saying it. The <laughs> curse has been passed on from Ferntree Gully to, to Warrandyte, but this is even more concerning just because Ferntree Gully didn't have a close loss when they lost those first... Well, that's why I started to worry, because Ferntree Gully, the whole time, it was... It was one goals, two goals. Yeah. They had a draw against Coldstream. Yeah. And then in the second half of the season, everyone was saying they're the second best side in the division. Warrandyte now, after that big loss, if they don't if they don't win tomorrow... Yeah. I, they, it's impossible not to... It, 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 it was the side of the season that you would have backed Warrandyte all the way, but mm. you, you can't trust them. I, I'm still backing them, but, <laughs> but very hesitantly, you know. Fair Park bring in... James Bolden, which is a good in, but yeah, Phillips come back into the side just you know helps them in attack. But I you, you just look on the paper, the two sides, and you, Jade, you, you would say Warrandyte should get up, but there is it's it's a funny game football, and and it does play with your mind when you start to lose a few. It is hard to turn it around, and all it takes is one win to change a momentum. Yep, but um, until you get that. It, it can play with your, your doubts. Yeah, oh, we, we've seen it before, though, with, uh, with teams that who, who've looked sort of like, like they're really, really struggling. Get that one win and, you know, turn things around and uh, actually uh, harness the quality that they have out there on the field, which is, I think is perhaps what Warrandyte has been struggling to do. They have a lot of quality on the field and for whatever reason, it's not been synergizing. Maybe the game plan's just sort of got a few flaws that need to be ironed out and... Uh, Whatever the case is, uh, I think things will start coming together for the Bloods. And a game against Fair Park here, it's coming at the right time for Warrandyte because if they were coming up against, you know, a Donvale or a Ferntree Valley well, in this yeah. game, uh, in this round, then it would be a real struggle for them to, like, regain that momentum. Yeah, I... I tell you what, if they don't win tomorrow, they won't play finals because yeah. Ferntree Gully the week after uh, at Wally Two, mm. they're not going to win that no. based on form if they if they get done tomorrow. So, look, it's, it's season online already. It's it round is. five. It's but remarkable. 
you, you if you lose your own five and then you got Ferntree Gully, so mm. you most likely could be Owen six. So and that's already just dire that's strikes. too far. That's <laughs> yeah. too far behind. We saw it last week, last year with Ferntree Gully. They just couldn't come back. So look, they, they've got got the season online tomorrow. Yeah, I think they should get up, but. <laughs> I'm backing them hesitantly. Again, I'll I'll start saying that more often with Warren Dyne. I'm backing them hesitantly just because you can't trust them. I, t- I see it two ways. I see him pumping Fair Park by 10 goals and our confidence restored, yep. or they lose a close one by less than a kick. <laughs> yeah, something like yeah. that. I sort of see that. Um, one way or the other. The way it's yeah. playing out. Just quickly, Donvale take on Whitehorse. Um, impressive win last week for the Pioneers, as we mentioned just before. And Donvale got the job, job done very comfortably against Coldstream. Uh, similar to Furniture Gully, I've just got uh, too much confidence in the way they're playing, yep. so I, I, I can't see Whitehorse going over there to, to pinch a win. Yeah, I don't see either. Brow and, and Miller, a couple of losses, but yeah, they're, they're still a really strong outfit, so I'm back in the Vales for the win here. This was the matchup that uh, last year Ethan Duncan ended up kicking 13 goals, and so I think I have to I have to question the ability for uh, Whitehorse to contain uh, a forward like that, uh, along with uh, Nick Murphy as well. Uh, they're lining up together, and and Jordovic. Uh, it's I think it's just too stacked a, a forward line there for Don Vale uh, that the Whitehorse pioneers. I don't think they'll be able to contain him. And he is coming off a, a five-goal performance last week. Duncan has kicked 11 for the season, so he's had a, a really strong start mm. to the year. And then the final game out at Coldstream Reserve. Coldstream take on Sylvan. Uh, a big game for, for both sides. They were, you know, a couple of years ago just playing against each other in, in Div 4, four where yeah. Coldstream were uh, belting the life out of most teams there. But Sylvan were the only side to really challenge them that year. Yeah. Um, and I think coming into the start of the season, we you would tip Coldstream... Uh, especially at home, but Sylvan are a big chance here. I think they're a, a, a bit of a smoky this week. Well, they're 3-1, sitting very comfortably in the top four. Uh, really professional performance last week um, against Fair Park. Big win against Warrandyte away from home the week before. Uh, I think they're a, a real yeah. chance. It's hard when you... you the ground difference between Colts oh, and Sylvan massive. is massive. Mm. If it was at Sylvan, I'd be tipping the Cats, but... Um, yeah, there's certainly a chance. Uh, Pre Lorenzo Gray and Heatherton come back inside for Coldstream with um, Craig Conti and Nor out. Um, for Coldstream, they've been a little bit inconsistent so far. They just need a, a win to get probably uh, a bit of confidence back before um, before next week. Yeah, they need to. They just need a bank of win one and three. They they'd be disappointed with the the start. Just given you know they had a good off season, bringing in more depth and. You know, not losing too many players. Whereas Sylvan, they they're flying at the moment. They're they're doing they're doing really well. And I think, yeah, it's I, I give them a shot. I give them a shot. Just given the last time these two would have met, they you know they it, it would have been a completely different Sylvan outfit. You know, no figure mainly no figure really in that lineup. But yeah, it, it's still it's still a bit, it's they're a big chance, but it's hard to go past Coldstream. I'm I'm backing them in. And I think, Jared, the thing about Sylvan is at the start of the season, speaking to Trent Martin, it all came down to whether they can stay fit mm. because I don't think they've got really any depth. Yep. Um, but at full strength, and a lot of these guys are you know, s- are quite older. Charge is, is a bit older. Um, Smith, who's come into the side, again, an older recruit. Trent Martin um, down back is um, a, a more older player figure, really. So... They're an older list, which can sometimes lead to, to more injuries. But at the moment, just one change uh, again. So they're pretty much at full strength. 
mm-hmm. gives them uh, a bit of hope this weekend. So the question there is about whether or not they can sustain it throughout the season. But right now, I think they're, yeah. they're, they're able to capitalise on what they have out on the field, which, uh, you know, uh, make hay while the sun shines. And, and that's exactly what Sylvan is doing right now. And that's what they that's what they, did, what they did last year. And that's how they got into the division. And, and now... Uh, you know they're just continuing on with that form, which uh, you know has been has been very impressive and, and professional, as you've said, which is what that experience can bring. And I, I just think that uh, you know coming up against Coldstream here, Coldstream losing to to Whitehorse at home, they don't look invincible up at Coldstream anymore. You know, given that result yeah. there, which is stra- which is strange, just because we thought you know I think they only lost once or twice there last year. They had the one draw and then they it lost. Is, yeah, one draw and a loss. I think they're about 13 from the last 16, something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. At so home. so it's, they've it's hard ass. It's a it's a impenetrable fortress out there called Stream Reserve which I, I think that white horse loss is is a bit of an outlier and yeah, I think it's still going to be, even though it's not not as long to go to Coldstream for Sylvan as like Whitehall's going to Coldstream, it's still mm. a bit of a trek and I, I think, yeah, they should get up the Krugers. And then jumping into Division 4, Kilsyth take on Scoresby in yeah. probably the match of the round for Division 4. Uh, Kilsyth, very impressive last week against Surrey Park. Took the draw, but um, a three-goal 11 first half probably had some easy shots there that they should have yeah. capitalised on. Should have been further up um, before Surrey Park came back in that game late. Uh, they host Scoresby, who... Uh, had another win last week, I, I believe, against... Uh, was that Forest Hill that they beat last week? I think they might have had... Uh, no, I think oh, they, they had, had the bye. bye. Sorry, yeah. they, they played scores, uh, Forest Hill the week before that. So, coming off the bye fresh, big chance for them to um, uh, test themselves against another big side. They lost to uh, Surrey Park, obviously, a few weeks ago at home. I think Kilsyth probably have to go in favourites. Yeah, I think so too. But it's, again, very evenly matched. I feel like these two, along with Surrey, will, will be battling it out for, for that premiership come season's end, this season ends. So, yeah, I think this is a very interesting game out at, at Pink's Reserve. And again, we're, we're not too sure on the Kilsyth lineup, but it's still, yeah, it's been a terrific start to the season for them. And, yeah, I think they'll be up against it. Scores be Pink's Reserve, Jared. Well, Josh, <coughs> sorry, uh, you mentioned off-air... Uh, that uh, you know the Surrey Park team, they yeah. have a lot of outs. We'll get to them in a moment. Uh, but you know, given that it was a hard game against Kilsyth, uh, yeah, and from from from, from what I'm hearing from the scoops I could gather, yeah, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so, so I, I'd be surprised if Kilsyth didn't suffer a similar attrition level, maybe sort yeah. of like if not injuries and like outs from the team, which unfortunately they haven't posted yet, uh, which is a little uh, inconvenient, but. Uh, We'll work with what we've got. Uh, I'd I'd imagine that Kilsyth, you know, even if they don't have those those outs, they've probably been a bit banged up. The players who are playing yeah. will probably be a bit sore coming off of that uh, off that draw. And uh, you know, we we saw them last year against Croydon North, and they're a slight team. You know, they're they're not particularly big bodied, and so you know, in a, in a tough game, I, I think they might have. Uh, they might have a bit of recovery time needed from that. And I think Scoresby coming off the bye as well might be fresh. Exactly. Uh, uh, to uh, to take on Kilsyth here, I actually have to go for Scoresby in this one. Just given, usually, uh, if this matchup was in isolation, I would say Kilsyth. But uh, given the context surrounding it, I'd have to go with Scoresby. It's, a, it's actually a, probably a, a good point you make there. And it's a big test again for Kilsyth. We weren't sure that their first yeah. three weeks were very dominant, but they were against three sides we think aren't going to be really in the running uh, this season. So 
to take it up against Surrey Park, that's where I had a bit more confidence in him now. Mm-hmm. Um, O'Neill stood up and kicked four with Goodison um, not, yeah. not hitting the scoreboard, which was important. Their recruits have been really strong. McNay and Weichardt again in the best last weekend. Um, I'm tipping Kilsyth at home, yeah. but you do make a good point. I've been very high on Scoresby as well this season, and I, I, don't, I just don't think I've seen it enough of them this year to know exactly what they're going to offer. Yep, It's still a very young side, Scoresby, and I know it's a similar thing to, to most sides in Division 4, but I'm just leaning towards Kilsyth at home, Josh. Yeah, I'm I'm back in the Cougars too, because from what I'm hearing as well, they're, they're a genuine threat at Kilsyth this year as well, and you know, should have won last week. They should have won. 17. Yeah, they kicked three goals, 11 in that first half, and again, from what I'm hearing, they missed pretty easy chances as well, so... Uh, that's what it's all going to come down to. If they can take advantage of those chances and not miss, unlike they did against Surrey. But yeah, I think I'm back in Kilsyth at home. I, I rate them very, very highly. I think it, it, they're probably you know a grand final, a grand final chance this year as well, more so than than Scoresby. So I think Kilsyth at home as well. It's always going to be a tough ask. I'm back in them, Jared. And yeah, don't uh, don't take my uh, my tip for uh, Scoresby as sort of like a slight to Kilsyth. I think they will be, you know, there or thereabouts. Uh, definitely a potential premiership threat. Uh, I just think that, you know, given the context surrounding the game, uh, I would say Scoresby uh, just have the fresher legs. Yeah, I think everyone has those three as probably the three front runners. And yeah. then the side that we're still not sure about yet is Chernside Park, who mm. take on Croydon North Emlock tomorrow afternoon uh, down at Hughes Park. We haven't got the list uh, for both sides there, but uh, I think Chernside Park should get the job done. They were pretty yeah. impressive last week against another Wadding outfit, but again, they haven't... I mean, they've lost to Scoresby, uh, lost very... Uh, I think yeah. it was at 70, 80 points against the Surrey Park, so haven't found form against the top sides yet, so there's still a bit of an unknown, but I think they're probably... Probably the the fourth side at the moment, and I think they've yeah. got enough talent there to be. Yeah, they North. need to, they need to build momentum heading into their their game against K- Killsyth at home as well. But and no better opportunity than against the winless Croydon North Emlock side. It'll just be looking for a competitive performance. But yeah, P- Panthers for me. Yeah, I'd have to say Chernside Park as well. I don't think uh, I don't think Croydon North will have an answer to say like a, a Leo Demat, even though running on the older legs, uh, it's still. You know, he'll have the forward craft down pat, no doubt, and uh, we'll probably be able to exploit the, uh, from what I remember, the smaller back line of Croydon North. Yeah, yeah, and they, they did have a um, pretty impressive first half last week. They, they were in front against uh, Forest Hill before they fell away in that second mm-hmm. half, but yeah, that's probably been their issue, trying to, to put four quarters together. Uh, Forest Hill host... Surrey Park tomorrow afternoon in the last game in Division 4. Josh is already chomping at the bit to to talk about this, but uh, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, they've made quite a few changes, six changes there. Mm. You were down at Surrey Park again last night, so what was the... uh, the um, I think go through the changes first, Jeff. You got them in front of you? Yeah, I do have them in front. They, they they, They actually did put their... Proper team list. So you did tell them? Yeah, I did did kick some sense into them. But um, they've got Jacob Woodfall back from concussion. Uh, Josh Durand, I think, played a couple of weeks in the reserves. He's back. Cal Garvin has had a really strong start to the season in the reserves. He comes back in along with Parker Fox. And Paul Colopy and and Ruben O'Brien. I think O'Brien's a a Gippsland boy. Not too sure if it's his senior debut, but he's into the the lineup. Um, Jara Oberu is resting in the reserves. Ollie Anderson, Harry Lakiana, and, and Josh Garvin have actually been dropped to the reserves. And Logan DeShep, I think, 
back injury, but the big loss, Lachlan Bacon as well. Uh, he's, um, I think he's going to be gone for the majority of the season as well. A broken, uh, I think a slightly fractured vertebrae and three broken ribs as well. So it, it, they took their losses against Kilsyth and to start the season, but it's a good challenge for their depth. They're wary of Forest Hill at home, but I think they're pretty confident they should get the victory here. But yeah, I think Forest Hill is, you know, it's strange what they've been going through. Well, Hanegraaff out this week as well, which that's is a bit of a that's a bit of their uh, leading goal scorer mm. and, and a reliable um, in front of goals. So that's probably a big loss for them, Jared. Yep. Yeah, they haven't. I know they've they've lost some plays uh, early on in the season and haven't found the form um, uh, on a consistent basis. I think they'll struggle. Yeah, I, I have to go. Uh, well, look, sorry, Park. Th- you know they have those outs. You know they've been beaten up in that Kilsyth game. They yeah. had Josh Ward go there, and you know browbeat them into uh, browbeat them into actually giving us their teams this uh, this year. Uh, sorry, this week. Uh, so I don't know if they're uh, they're completely uh, they're completely fit after after that. Yeah, they're still missing players as well. Like yeah. Kenworth is on the so- sidelines. Uh, Matt Garvin as well, the captain, still on the sidelines. So they're they're missing players and. You know they still got the depth, I reckon, to cover it. Their reserves have always, have been strong in recent years. So this is Forest Hill's chance to uh, take a scalp yeah. here. If, oh, if, you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, well, <laughs> it I mean, is a big chance. I it, agree. it is the chance that they have. I don't. I still will tip Surrey Park for sure. But if you're gonna take on Surrey Park at any point, it's gonna be this point. Is this your you super know? boost, Ruffy of the week? Because it's, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, I do I'll have to pick a, one. I'll give you a minute to talk about it because that's our last game. So yeah. we will jump into that. Yeah. Is, well. I've already thought of my roughie. Okay. Um, I'm going up back up to Premier Division. Berwick against Blackburn. I know that's a, mm. a real rough chance, but, you know, Berwick got the draw against Blackburn last year at Morton Park. They defeated them at Edwin Flack, and I, I don't know. They've only met the two to- times ever, and, you know, that might give them a bit of a momentum boost. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Berwick as my very rough super boost roughie this week. Mm, I uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's a big co- it's sure. a big call. I am prone to big calls. I think Blackburn. I I've got to trust on Blackburn. Yeah. But but I did get my super boost buffy last week. I tipped. You did get it right. Is that our first one that we? Got I'm not right? too sure. Oh, I'm not too I, sure. So. Did I pick Oakley? I think. Oakley might have been my roughy for last week. We'll have to fact check. Yeah. We, we've yeah. got to keep track <laughs> of them. Yeah, we've got we really it. Do, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, so I'm claiming that if uh, if that's the case. I can't really remember. We, 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 we have to check. We have to check. Yeah, we do. We'll have to check that. Um, I, I was so close to picking Bayswater as well, so I'll be kicking myself if I actually got yeah. whatever it was wrong. Uh, anyway, uh, so moving on to my roughy. I actually think, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say Forest Hill is going to be my roughy. Mm. I think you've inspired me with that one. Uh, you know, it started off as a joke, uh, you know, talking about how Josh Ward went and kicked some sense into uh, Surrey Park. But honestly, I, I think that's gained momentum in my mind. And I reckon Forest Hill, uh, you know, they, they need... They need this win. Yeah, they, they really do, and at home as well. It's it's uh, it's going to be a struggle for them afterwards if they're not able to. And this is a, a Surrey Park that's probably going to be the most vulnerable that they're going to be at all season. Mm. I think I agree with that. I I feel like if, yeah, if there's I a time so to too. beat them, it would be this week. Mm. But I don't think they'll get close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I understand my, that. My roughie of the week, the Super Boost roughie of the week. I'm going back to the Bear Cave. I'm going the Basin again. Oh. Oh. Two weeks okay. running. All I right. think I think uh, against Ringwood. Wet conditions, Ringwood's still a younger side, still not 100% sure on them yet. 
I think they might be able to pull something off. So we've done a bit of a spread as well, Premier Division, Second Division, Fourth Division for our roughies as well. So not ba- not no, a bad effort. There you so go. Um, yeah, well, it's a big it's a big week it's a big weekend, a big match of the round, as you said as well. Looking yeah, so to that it. is uh, the big game tomorrow that you guys both will be there. So um, we'll be on the boundary. Yeah, unfortunately, I've I've stitched you two up on the boundary <laughs> in uh, a terrible Horrible day for conditions. It. I'm not sharing my umbrella with you, Josh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't be sharing my umbrella with you either. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Leave it. Tense on the boundary line tomorrow <laughs> yeah. afternoon. Um, it also is, as we mentioned at the top of the uh, the show, it is love the game round. So we'll be out there promoting. Um, uh, the Victoria Responsible uh, Gambling Foundation and, and everything they're doing with uh, Love the Game Round. It's it's a massive game there uh, out at Walker, Reso- uh, Walker Reserve, uh, Montrose and Wonturner South. View all the la- action live from 1.15, the pregame show uh, leading up to the big game at, at 2.20. And yes, again, I'm sorry that <laughs> where you guys will be situated. I'll we'll be undercover in the van. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you tomorrow at Walker Reserve. Uh, O'Regan probably just outside his distance, oh. although he's made a fool of me there. Beautiful kick. What a season he's had, Mark O'Regan. He puts through. Came bursting through. Burns off one. Kicks around the corner. He's oh. hit the goal. Tobin Brothers goal of the day. Content. My Ruffy of the Week, the Super Boost Ruffy of the Week. I'm going back to the Bear Cave. I'm going the Basin again. Two weeks, oh, two weeks okay. running. All I right. think I think uh, against Ringwood, wet conditions, Ringwood's still a younger side, still not 100% sure on them yet. I think they might be able to pull something off. So we've done a bit of a spread as well, Premier Division, Second Division, Fourth Division for our Ruffies as well, so not, ba- not no, a bad effort. There you go. So, um, yeah, well, it's, a big, it's, a big week, it's a big weekend, a big match of the round, as you said as well. Looking yeah, so that it. is... Uh, the big game tomorrow that you guys both will be there. So um, we'll be on the boundary. Yeah, unfortunately, I've I've stitched you two up on the boundary <laughs> in uh, a terrible Horrible day for conditions. It. I'm not sharing my umbrella with you, Josh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't be sharing my umbrella with you either. <laughs> there you go. Leave it tense on the boundary line tomorrow <laughs> yeah. afternoon. Um, it also is, as we mentioned at the top of the uh, the show, it is love the game round. So we'll be out there promoting. Um, uh, the Victoria Responsible uh, Gambling Foundation and, and everything they're doing with uh, Love the Game Round. It's it's a massive game there uh, out at Walker, Reso- uh, Walker Reserve, uh, Montrose and Wonturner South. Uh, that You can view all the la- action live from 1.15, the pregame show, uh, leading up to the big game at, at 2.20. Um, and yes, again, I'm sorry that <laughs> where you guys will be situated. I'll we'll be undercover in the van. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to, to uh, add that, but um, for everyone... Thank uh, who's uh, stuck around for the, the full episode. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow at Walker Reserve. And uh, O'Regan probably just outside his distance, oh. although he's made a fool of me there. Beautiful kick. What a season he's had, Mark O'Regan. He puts through. Came bursting through. Burns off one. Kicks around the corner. He's oh. hit the goal. Tobin Brothers goal of the day. Content.